Welcome to Freelance Deals, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. Every episode I speak to a different person from the self-employed community or a freelancer talking about their story, their experiences and getting all of their advice for you so that you can have a happier freelance time too. Freelance life is often seen as a holy grail and it's not always easy and I hope that these conversations bring comfort, support and advice to people that really need it. If you enjoy the podcast, please do rate and review it. And if you'd like to join me and talk more about Freelance Fields, come over and have a chat on Instagram at freelance underscore fields. And now, on with the episode. Fields, a podcast for anyone who is self-employed, freelance or thinking about it. This episode I'm joined by Bianca and Byron Cole, husband and wife business duo. Welcome. Thank, Thank you so for having much. us. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. You've just had a book launch. There's yes. so much business stuff to talk about. Um, I'd love for you to start by telling everybody, I always say to people, do they call themselves freelance or do they use a different word? Um, and sometimes people come up with some quite unusual ways they define their self-employed status. Um, so yeah, tell everybody what you guys do together and separately and, and how you refer to yourself as self-employed people. Yeah, great question. I think we, we, we now just coined the term entrepreneur, I think. Mm. I think that we are, yeah, fundamentally we're self-employed, but I think when, it, when the business gets to a stage where you now employ other people, I think it's then you know, and you have multiple interests and multiple businesses and investments. I think then we've kind of just gone with the word entrepreneur just as a summary, but fundamentally, yeah, we're, we're self-employed and we've been self-employed for a very long time. Um, nine years, I think for myself and Byron, how long have you? 14 years. Yeah. 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 So, oh, in answer to your question, what do we do? <laughs> so Byron, I'll let you answer first. Yeah, sure. So I'm a multi award winning entrepreneur, business consultant and mentor. Um, my first business was, I guess, um, brokering um, property deals. So I was buying and selling property. Uh, I then went into an estate agency, uh, which I invested in. That business failed. I then went into uh, property services, which uh, that business was very successful and I sold, allowed me to do many wonderful things in between. I, if I bring you up to speed in terms of where I am today, I have a mm. construction recruitment company, which turned 6.2 which I co-founded and, and turns over 6.2 million at its peak. I have a luxury chauffeur business with cars like Rolls Royces, Bentleys, Range Rovers, Mercedes, to name a few. I have an accountancy firm, which I have some shares in. A few other little bits and pieces, but most of the time I spend at the moment is helping people start, grow, scale, and develop their business via mentoring and consultancy. That's what I spend most of my time doing because all of my businesses have wonderful infrastructure and doesn't actually require me um so i'm only called upon to put out fires if required mm -hmm. and look at you know cost saving and growth so uh, luckily i'm able to help those who need it which is to help them start grow scale and develop their business without going through the pain uh, that i have been through and many others have been through over the last you know that i've been through over the last 14 or so years so yeah wow that all sounds very grown up to me <laughs> businesses and talking not, you know about not. all that kind of thing to sort of the the freelance writer and podcaster and coach I was like oh wow that's really that sounds like big business I'm going to delve into this but yeah that's I hope everyone listening gets the vibe that you guys seem very down to earth as well even if you're doing 
big scale business things. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> very, very lovely and down to earth. And how about you, Bianca? People might recognise your name now, mightn't they? But tell yeah. us everything you do and why they yeah, might so I, Absolutely. Um, so I guess my uh, journey started prior to The Apprentice. They may mm -hmm. recognise my name because of The Apprentice, but prior to The Apprentice 2012, I started my first official business. I had dabbled in entrepreneurial pursuits as a young child and teenager, but my first official business was 2012, a personal branding company. So I help people understand how to market themselves, to enhance their career or their business. Um, so that started in 2012. I then went on to The Apprentice in 2014 where I pitched an idea to redefine nude hosiery um unfortunately I didn't win or fortunately depending how you look at it and um mm -hmm. I decided to make a go of it anyway so that resulted in Bianca Miller London launching about 12 months later uh, which went into QVC, Selfridges, Topshop and a few other major brands of course the retail market has changed so much since then so now it's very much an online e-commerce brand um, and then in 2017, Brian and I co-authored our first book, Self Made. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, Self Made was an opportunity to provide freelancers, self-employed people, entrepreneurs with that step-by-step -step process on how to start, grow, scale a business. So it was really um, an opportunity to kind of provide that real life, like you say, like real life insight. Mm. Like, you know, not everyone um, aspires necessarily to have multi-million or billion pound companies, but most people aspire to be able to build something that allows them to be financially stable and, and that is commercially viable. So for us, writing the book provided that step-by-step -step insight into that for our readers. And as a result, people wanted mentoring. So Byron and I started a mentoring community and we've mentored um, over 400 500 people, something yeah. like that in, in four years mm. um, to, to tr tremendous success. Many of them now, you know, doing significantly better than they were when they first came to us, which is amazing. Um, and then of course led to our second book, which came out last week and um, the business survival kit, which I think again was born out of a need to talk about the survival requirements mm. in business. How do you cope when things are not always easy? You know, business is hard. Uh, being self-employed is not always the easiest choice, but it could also be the most fruitful and fulfilling choice. But how do you overcome anxiety, stress, confidence, imposter syndrome, romantic relationships, all of the things we all cope with on a day-to-day -day basis? Yes, God, I love it. The concept is so brilliant, and especially at the moment, because survival is probably the mode that most people are in, especially self-employed people. You know, there's the flip side of, yes, we didn't get the furlough, or perhaps some people could furlough their staff, but at the same time, at least we could try and survive by pivoting or finding different clients if the, the clients weren't working for us in you know working with us in in lockdown and that kind of thing so survival is a really key word I think for freelancers and self-employed people at the moment just head above the water really a lot of the time isn't it yeah it's always difficult you know um, especially in a time like this as you mentioned pivoting is it has been a huge part of I think every self-employed person's process and thought process currently and I think for some people that pivot has enabled them to do bigger and better things that they may not have felt felt possible um, prior to being able to work in a remote and digital environment um, but it has not been easy. No definitely not and you mentioned romantic relationships and I'd love to know so you guys are my first husband wife interview <laughs> the podcast I've had a few business partners um, but not people that are also together together so um, I just wonder sort of how that came about and also what is that like, like writing a book together and working together? Does that, 
how does that all work? <laughs> how does it work for you guys? Sure. So let, let's take the last yeah. first in terms of writing the book. Hmm. So we, we got kind of go through, we've written two books together now yes. uh, with the two largest publishers in the world. And we go through a process. We, we, we map out who the book is for, first of all. So okay. we say, okay, what is, the, what is the message that we want to give them? And then we look, start mapping out the relevant chapters within that. And then naturally what tends to happen is uh, one person has more, a better skill set or more knowledge or more experience on a particular chapter. So then what we'll do is we'll allocate the relevant chapters to each other. So it makes writing a book half the task. Yes, so, it is half and half. It's like every... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she can take half, I can take half. And then for some type of chapters, we collaborate because there's such a collaborative piece such as you know, romantic relationships. I mm. couldn't write it myself, nor, nor the, neither can Bianca. So, so we write those together. So it's a really, really easy process, actually. We go away, <clears throat> we write the chapters independently, and mm. then we come together and then we basically talk it out. And that's how each chapter is formed. And that's how we get to completing a book. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. Is talking a really big deal for you guys? Is that like, as in communicating and to be able to work and live and have a relationship together and build businesses and write books, would you say that's one of the key things to keep in the lines of communication openness? Hold on, let's talk about this. Not messaging, not emails, let's talk. I mean, all methods of communication. All methods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are probably guilty of uh, being in the same house and still sending each other a text in, in or a WhatsApp. In the same room, maybe even sometimes. Because you know each other across the lounge. Yeah, because you know that you know that maybe an email will be answered in a different way, and it's not always a priority message. So you know, mm. depending on what it's about, I think sometimes we do send um, messages as well as speaking, but. I mean, communication takes so many forms. Mm. And I think it's so important to communicate well um, in your romantic relationship as well as in your business relationship and partnership. So Brian and I have been together for 14 years. Mm. We were together prior to starting businesses, but we've essentially grown, like grown up together, I guess. So from, you know, I was 18, 19 when we first started dating. So we've grown up together, but also had, had both been very entrepreneurial. So through our journeys of starting businesses, uh, selling businesses, writing books, we've had to communicate really well to ensure that our romantic relationship has not um, uh, suffered as a result of our business aspirations. And in the book, we talk about goal setting, but also having mutual vision. Yeah. So if you both set your individual goals, it's so important to communicate together what those goals are. So you're both on the same page and you're working towards the same collective vision. And I think that was a very big part of bringing that romance chapter into the book was because I think it's something people don't talk about, but actually mm -hmm. is a massive component of your life. You know, if you're lucky enough to share a life with someone and you run a business, mm -hmm. it's hard work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, let's not pretend it's not hard work. It is. Um, and I think when you're self-employed and you're so driven to making your business ideas and your, your, you know, your, a reality and you're so driven to ensure that financially you can cope, that that might impact your romance. So how do you make it work? How do you balance the two? Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And it makes me think as well of people, perhaps you go into business with a friend and you think, well, you've got this one level of the socialising perhaps and the, the switching off time and the chatting as yourself. And then there's all of that chatting as a business person. Do you guys have to set time boundaries? Is there like no phones at the dinner table or after a certain time, no business talk. How do you navigate that? 
unfortunately we are we are guilty and also very human mm-hmm. so perhaps uh, we don't live that uh, uh, that perfect scenario where you know you don't ever not talk about work but our work is also part of our lives mm-hmm. um so you know there isn't necessarily boundaries but we make sure we have a healthy balance of fun and we also make sure we have a healthy balance of work um mm-hmm. and we are always guilty of perhaps overworking mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so we, we are both guilty of that but we definitely make sure we have balance and we and we definitely make sure as you mentioned previously communication is very important mm-hmm. so if one person needs that additional attention then they ask for it and and, and it's very clear and it makes life a lot easier yeah. i love the idea of keeping your own goals and then talking about them and having a shared vision as well that's that's really a powerful thing i love that and i think that's something i hadn't really imagined before because i always set my own goals and i think oh good then but i've never thought about my partner's self-employed but not we don't run a business together and i thought i've never thought about sitting down and talking about our goals together that's really powerful isn't it absolutely yeah. And, and it's so powerful because I think that, as, as you mentioned, you write your goals and your goals could be going off in this direction mm. and your partner's goals could be going off in another direction. And both your goals are cor- might be correct and right for you, but actually how is that going to impact your life together? Mm. And I think that's that conversation that sometimes we're just not having. So if, for example, uh, Byron's goals are to go and live abroad and my goals are firmly in the UK, well, how is that going to work? <laughs> To have, I mean, it might. We could take our different planes and stuff. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. But it's so important to have that, that you know, that direction and that togetherness to communicate. Mm. If that is the goal, how, how can we make it happen? When do we make it happen? And how do we support each other in making it happen? Yeah, a big thing that comes out of that as well, I guess, in business, and it's the same in relationships, but also with anybody you're doing business with, is the compromise thing, isn't it? So you might say, okay, well, you desperately love to go and work in this country for a year. Can I bring my business with me or can we do something that's sort of six months and not and six months here and there? There's a lot of compromise, isn't there? I mean, I'm sure you guys have had to compromise a lot over the years with your different businesses and making decisions, letting go, as you mentioned, Byron, with things not working or you selling something, choosing to say, OK, enough of that one now. Would you say that's sort of a, a true reflection of, of that? Um, I would say I think we, we kind of, because of the communication, it means that we don't really necessarily face some of those some of those problems mm. i think sometimes when you bring your partner along for the journey um they understand mm. so and i think the difficulty is when you don't bring your partner along for the journey and then you're all of a sudden busy you don't have any any more time for them they don't understand why you're no longer available mm. i think it's just about the communication and i think we we don't really have that problem for us um, we're always starting new projects we're always busy but we share a common vision and a common goal so I can understand and empathize and, and, and vice versa. Wow I feel all tingly every so often <laughs> in episode, I get the tingles I just love that it's really do you have those moments where you might be at dinner and you'll be like oh, look I know we were talking at the menu but I've just had this idea oh yeah yeah all the time <laughs> mostly him but yeah, all the time. i come up with the harebrained ideas um, <laughs> so yeah, i'm like oh my god just thought something oh i'll be driving and i'll be like can you message me this and yeah she, and she'll whatsapp it to me or, or send me a text or something but yeah yeah or he gets the whiteboard out we share yeah. an office like we're both sides of, of one office and oh, um 
and uh, he'll suddenly just get up and I see him at the whiteboard. I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> there's, a, there's yeah. a new idea coming. Yeah. Take the pens off him. <laughs> yeah, get the pens, someone get the pens. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. And I think, as, as I say, you know, even if you are the freelancer or the self-employed person mm. and your partner is not, that doesn't mean that they don't have their own goals and desires for their career. And so it's about kind of just finding that support system that works on both sides. Yeah, that's really cool to mention that as well. Because, yeah, lots of people have someone who goes off to do the nine to five or even was working from home. I mean, I know loads of freelancers who suddenly had their world invaded because their partner couldn't go to work. And they were like, hold on, this is my domain. You go every day, get out. <laughs> what do you mean you want so half my office? To get a second temporary desk yeah. or the dining table, you know, just to get their own personal space, yeah. right? But, exactly. Um, yeah. There's always a challenge, isn't there? And it, it's made me think, like, so... I'd love to talk a little bit apprentice and we're not going to talk loads of apprentice because obviously we want to talk about books and business and being in business together that's that's not sort of the reason we're chatting today but mentioning that I mean I guess you must have made the decision to say I'd like to apply for this while you guys were together was that always a goal to perhaps try and do something like that how did all of that come about what what was sort of the lessons you learned from that as a business yeah, as a great, question. Partners? great question I think um Interestingly, the, uh, the decision to apply, uh, although I would say it was my decision, it was, it was due to some coercion. So uh, Byron had found, heard that the, um, the apprentice was out for uh, um, uh, applications mm -hmm. and he actively uh, persisted in encouraging me to apply. So I got the, the message via you know, email, text, WhatsApp, and then I got a printed application on my bedside table, wow. really just to encourage me to apply for it because I had this idea mm. by that he thought was a great idea. Um, and I was a bit apprehensive at first because I, you know, like many people who may be listening to this, who may have seen the show, you know what it's like, it's gruelling. Yeah. There's every potential that you could do something really silly um, and really embarrassing and damage your your personal brand, you know, forever and have to leave the country. You know, it really <laughs> is quite that intense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a I guess it was a mutual decision in that he had encouraged me to. I then went for the application audition process. Um, you know, 80,000 people apply every year. So to even go through that process was quite incredible. Mm. Um, and then to be offered the opportunity, it was like, yeah, you know, you, you weigh up the the, the pros and cons, the, the pro being you could win £250,000 in a business relationship with Lord Sugar, the con being you could get fired and do something really silly that could be detrimental. Mm. Um, but we decided to do it and Byron um, looked after my business for the three months that I was away in the apprentice house for. Um, and so I guess that's, you know, that certainly takes a, another level of communication and, um, and support and trust Mm. And what is you know essentially was my baby it was two and a half you know years in to leave that under his you know guardianship <laughs> for that time is <laughs> a lot um but it was also quite amazing yeah that's so wonderful that's another real testament to like your working and relationship together because for you to be able to say yeah go do this and I'll look after this for you and let's see where this goes and I love that you said there it was like almost a kind of like we went on the apprentice because just because you were on the TV and you were in the process, but it's like, it's like, it feels like you were both, you were agreeing to do it. You were representing you guys as a couple in a way because you were going forward with it. I love that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it definitely felt like that. I mean, three months away, three months of you holding the thought, mm. coming back out. And then I think it was maybe two or three months before it even comes on television. And then it all starts again, right? And it's like, you're having to deal with the the pressures and the, the paper, the articles and the requests just as much as I am. And mm. some of it I couldn't cope with on my own. So Byron did, you know, had to take ownership of some of the inquiries or dealing with some of the comments on social media, you know, those things that people don't really think about that can really impact your uh, business, your mental health and so on. Those are things that you definitely deal with as a, as a couple. If you're not in a romantic couple, your business partner would have to take some of that support, right? And so that's how it went. Yeah, very much so. And you mental, mentioned mental health though, and I do think, God, that jump, because you can be in the public eye in terms of as a business, you know, and, and be well known in your area or perhaps really well known in business circles and that kind of thing, as you guys were anyway. But then, yes, you're, you're almost going into the public eye celebrity style. And it's like, what kind of impact did that have? And what advice, I guess, would you have for people in terms of how you did manage the impact on both your mental health when, when that all started to open up? I mean, yeah, it, it certainly catapults you into the public eye and, and you know, eight million people watch the show. So it's a lot of eyes on you. And I think with that comes a lot of voices mm -hmm. and not everyone is sensible with the way they utilize their ability to share their thoughts and feelings. And so unfortunately I did get um, quite a lot of like racial abuse mm -hmm. and, uh, and like, you know, and, and gender abuse and lots of different horrible, horrible scenarios and comments and so on. Um, bit of stalking at it all, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> And, um, and Byron really had to help with that. And um, it was an experience, <laughs> to say the least. Um, and, um, and now I can't even remember what your question was. <laughs> how, how, do you how did you manage it? How, how do you deal with all of that? Yeah, no, the, I think the focus, the focus on the goal. You know, I think for me, you know, for us, it wasn't a case of go on TV and be reality show famous and mm. go from The Apprentice to big brother and go from big brother to love island or whatever like it wasn't that wasn't the plan the plan was very much to go on it from from a business perspective mm -hmm. and so to maintain that that belief that i am a business person i'm not trying to be famous in particular i'm yeah. trying to you know provide a good service and good knowledge and good expertise and and create a business so we you know i focused on building the hosiery brand and getting it produced and getting it into various stores we together focused on some of the speaking gigs and opportunities and of course um getting the book deal and writing the book so that was kind of how it just went we just we as a team we worked together to make sure that it, it still maintained who i am as a person and, and didn't kind of get brought into all the other stuff that is very easy to get sucked into yeah brilliant so no, no plans to go on i'm a celebrity at the moment <laughs> No plans, not at the moment. Dancing on your ice skates. All the jungle, none of that stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not really that person. Yeah, we don't want to do it now anyway, because it's all... Well, I do love the Welsh castle, but, you know, it's not as sunny anymore. No, I don't even... Oh, okay. I clearly, I've not watched it in a long time. I don't even know. Before we started recording, I was mentioning... Because I'm going to say something now, and this is the thing, what you're talking about. But I mentioned Married at First Sight, and now I've just talked about the jungle and loving the apprentice. Like, I do watch some really nice highbrow drama as well. I don't just... Really? We don't believe you, Jenny. <laughs> what sort of makes you happy? Do you know, in all seriousness, we've all worked so hard that 
it's important to have that balance. So what, mm. you know, I think people should have that downtime. Sometimes a bit of trash TV is great for that because it just gives you time to not think and not have to, you know, have, you know, it's just, it's fun. Fun's okay. Yeah. That's a good point. What else do you do like to unwind when it's non-business time? What do you guys like to do to, to find a balance with like some self-care and doing something that isn't business ideas and plotting and planning and working together? First of all, we love traveling. Cool. Uh, we've traveled to many, many, many countries around the world. So now we're traveling three or four times a year, uh, at very least. Mm. Uh, we're spending half of our time in Dubai, half of our time in the UK. So our time in Dubai now consists of great eating, mm. <laughs> sunshine, beach time, great restaurants, pool days, uh and uh you know and working and networking and, and working and networking. <laughs> let's not forget the work side. uh and i think we have a really healthy balance at work-life balance actually i think we're quite extreme with both we work really hard but we always make sure we do things together so every week you know at least once or twice a week we go we have dinner somewhere nice in the place we like to eat and when we're in dubai every saturday that's our beach day yeah. so we've actually got a really you know as time's gone on perhaps not so much in the early days but as time's gone on now, our work-life balance is, is much better mm -hmm. um, and probably much more extreme. But we definitely are more conscious of looking after ourselves, looking after our, our mental health mm -hmm. uh, and just communicating. When there's something on your mind, just being open and, and being frank about it. And I mm -hmm. think sometimes as, uh, as people, as opposed to even as entrepreneurs, we sometimes just keep the problems to ourselves and we talk about this in the book sometimes it's not you don't even realize you have a problem mm. you know you, you think that it's so normal being stressed out is so normal you know these these feelings of anxiety is so normal uh we've actually started to highlight kind of some of what these triggers look like mm -hmm. so that's what the, the book talks about in, in in one of the chapters dealing with stress anxiety um imposter syndrome etc so yeah i think we have a really really healthy um work-life balance and we love it we love spending time together uh, and we love spending time apart. So I think that's important as well, you know, sometimes yeah. spending time apart, yeah. It is, it's lovely. And I, that's, that's really moving actually. I'm so glad you have that chapter because I think, and I've got so many business books on my shelf because obviously when people write them, I'm like, oh, come on my podcast. And then I get a nice copy of the book and um, it's all lovely. But that kind of thing where it's like, it can often be about the, how to do the finances, how to network. And often the, the feelings that go with that often come at the end, don't they? But it's like, no, a whole chapter looking at, look, hold on. Everything we do as business people comes with some kind of impact on our emotional and mental health, positive and negative, right? Would you say that's fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, stress, anxiety, all the things we talked about is because we yeah. recognise from speaking to our mentees and clients that these are things that can impact your business. And I think people are not talking about it enough. It's very easy on social media to provide the, you know, the highlight reel, mm. you know, the really Instagram filtered uh, illustration of what business is like. And it's not always like that. And we can all be guilty of that. No one, I don't, I don't expect to be for clarity for people to suddenly start sharing all the negative <laughs> stories. Like, oh, I had the worst day crying and whatever. And you can, if you want to, but that's not, you know, it's okay to want to share the highlight reel. But let's be honest in our own environment about the steps we can take to make sure that we are meant we are managing our ourselves and our happiness and we're you know working together in a really good way that's going to make our relationships and our life and our business all part of that success journey. Yeah, that's so true. And it's funny as well because you say that and I 
I often do put things up and say, hi guys, I'm feeling a bit like this today. I, I got shortlisted for an award and then I did a big story on Instagram saying, look, there's lots of people today that didn't find out they got shortlisted for this award. Actually, that was me two months ago and three months ago when I, I enter awards all the time. I, I've only been shortlisted for one this year and I've entered about five. So it's like sort of bringing that slight reality about the disappointment as well as the highs, the highs and lows and and knowing that I guess it takes you, everything takes you forward if that's not too cheesy, doesn't it? You know, rejection is a positive if you can harness it. Is that, is that too cheesy? <laughs> no, no, I think, I think mm. you're right. Definitely. Yeah. And not too cheesy. And I think we, we talk about that in the book. Look, yeah. rejection and, and, and failure isn't necessarily the end. It's just a really good learning lesson. I think sometimes we focus so much on the negative aspect of rejection or failure that we haven't taken time to consider what you learned mm. in that experience. And actually, if you didn't do anything at all, you, what would you have learned? Nothing. Yeah. You try something and it doesn't work. You've learned a lot. You know what to not not you know what not to do next time. Mm. You know that otherwise. Um, so it's definitely a journey. And we you know in the book we talk about it's a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. you know, there's ups yeah. and downs. And I think anyone who tries to pretend that their their journey has been just an upward trajectory, just really smooth. You know, really. I mean, it's liars. not. They're <laughs> <laughs> liars. Exactly. You said it on me. <laughs> I always say that if a freelancer's got a really tidy desk somewhere, there's Monica's cupboard, you know, from Friends with all the junk in it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't watch, um, what's it called? Friends. Friends. You know, he's never seen Friends. No, random thing that you don't need to know on your podcast, but he's never seen Friends. I find it quite bizarre because I grew up on Friends and Simpsons. Not him. Like open mouthed with shock. Yeah, that's probably why you get so much done in your business, though, because you're not. No, it's friends. not. It's, I mean, who wouldn't have seen it in their younger, like you know, their younger years? What's around now? This is fascinating. That's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. Whole other conversation. Yeah, we're going to have to unpack that. <laughs> I'd love to finish with a piece of advice from both of you. Probably like. So I always ask people for listeners, like your biggest thing, if you had like your one piece of advice for self-employed freelance people, what would be your, your take home? Either do this or don't do this, or this has worked for me. What would be, be each of yours personal advice? It's so hard. We've got so, so much advice in my head right now. I'm trying to choose one. I, put, I think many of them are in the book, um, <laughs> but certainly I think one of them would be around personal branding and networking. So I think that we need to maintain the fact that people buy from people and not hide mm -hmm. behind the brand name. I think as freelancers and self-employed people, we have a particular level of expertise um, and a certain level of value we bring. Why not highlight that? Make sure people know what you do, why you do it and how, and build a network that can substantiate that and can help you to connect the dots, really. So I think that would be my tip. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And mine would be... I always, I, I might have to give a few more than one. I, 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 someone said this for one of one of our, our shows, and I, I love the phrase: "It fail fast and fail cheap." And sometimes, <laughs> on the journey of entrepreneurship, um, some things that we try don't work. Uh, and if it doesn't cost us the business, mm. failing fast and failing cheap is definitely way forward. And, and sometimes you just have to try things out to know if it works or not, mm. and to be able to push the business forward. So. Failing fast and failing cheap is, is definitely one of them. And I, because it wasn't mine, I didn't make this one up. I'm going to give you, give you another one. Mm. I, I would say sometimes just taking the action, one action every single day mm -hmm. uh, to achieve, to take you along that journey to achieve your goal uh, or fulfill your dreams should be done. Just take one action every single day. 
to push yeah. yourself forward. So that would be my, my one that I would give. Fantastic. Oh, guys, I'm feeling so inspired. I feel like I've had like a business mentoring session. <laughs> I have. It's brilliant. I hope everyone who's listening feels like they've also had a business mentoring session because that's obviously why I talk to people for the podcast is to share this with everybody and share all the all the experiences and what what's the future for you guys then are there more books planned is is how how's everything going to pan out is, is there anything exciting you'd like to share with people about what you've got planned for the future and then obviously please do share obviously anywhere anyone can find you tell us about the book and where and the name and people where people can get that and everything of that nature of course um so the book is called the business survival kit it's our second book the first one is called self-made Mm -hmm. um, and so the business survival kit is available now via Amazon and all good bookstores. Um, so definitely go out and get that. And we are on social media. So I am on Instagram as Bianca Miller official and uh, on LinkedIn as Bianca Miller Cole and all the other places, Bianca Miller Cole. Um, and Byron. Yeah. So to talk about in terms of future, what's coming up, mm -hmm. um, apart from the books, we've got another book launch in Dubai. Um, got a conference in Dubai people are all our clients are based in the UK so everybody's flying out there which is amazing that's so exciting after the pandemic to be able to say we're going to network in person yeah. and I think that's why most people are coming <laughs> so have sunshine a great... and brunch <laughs> exactly sunshine brunch with a little bit of personal development lovely number three is is in our minds already we've already drafted that in uh, so we'll see what happens with that book number three Ooh. we don't want our people to wait for four years for the next one so we're having conversations about that at the moment. Uh, and most of the time we're just spending now is, is just mentoring and consulting, helping small businesses get what most businesses need, which is a better brand identity and branding and more customers. So that's what we're spending our time doing in terms of consulting and mentoring. And if people want to find me, they can find me at, only on Instagram mm -hmm. uh, in terms of social, which is at Mr. B Selfmade and on LinkedIn, Byron Cole. Lovely. Guys, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and I wish you so all much. the best with everything. Um, have a cocktail for me in Dubai, please. Well, we will. We're in no, the UK you, at the moment. You, you need to come with yeah, us. Come We're in the UK at the moment, but in May, five days in Dubai, literally every day doing um, personal development uh, talks and fitness and yoga in the morning, breakfast, talks, a yacht networking event, Whoa. Friday brunch, it's going to be so amazing. And obviously with like-minded people, it's like a perfect yeah. five-day experience. If you haven't been on holiday, it's the place to be. So we hope to see you there, Jenny. No excuses. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to check my diary. Yacht networking. Oh, God. <laughs> How I sold you. <laughs> amazing. I'll find my captain's hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed this conversation with you. My pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic afternoon and weekend. And you. Thank you. Take care.